Welcome to the USU Career Studio podcast that helps you navigate your career path. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to tell your friends and family all about it. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to get access to our newest content. Thanks for joining us for our Friday face-to-face episode. I'm Marissa Armistead, your host, and I am so excited to welcome Dr. David Schramm to the show. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thanks so much, Marissa. I'm so excited to be with you today. Excited to have you. So known as Dr. Dave on campus, but also across the country, Dave Schramm is an associate professor and family life extension specialist here at Utah State University in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies. He received his master's degree from USU, his PhD in family studies from Auburn University. From British Columbia to Beijing, China, and from St. Louis to San Diego, Dr. Dave has given over 500 presentations on happiness, parenting, and couple relationships, including the United Nations and a TED Talk in Florida. So Dave, could not be more excited to have you here on the show today. I would love to start our conversation um, by having you share a fun fact with our guests, maybe something they wouldn't know otherwise. So what do you have for us, Dave? Yeah, that was a great question, Marissa. Um, I appreciate you starting this off. You know, some may not know that I have um, four different degrees from four different universities, and actually, I've had a child with each of the each of the universities. Isn't that funny? So we have we have four children, but you know, as we kind of bounce around the country, um, so four children, four degrees, and from four different universities. Oh my goodness! Wow, I, I'm curious. We're already going off on tangents, so that's always a good sign here. Um, but I am curious, you know, what was that process like, you know, earning degrees, having kids? I mean, I know that this is a question, especially students that I work with. How do I balance? How do I juggle being a parent and also pursuing higher ed? I don't know. Any advice or tips on that? You know, it does. It kind of relates to my my area of family studies because I received my PhD in family studies. So it wasn't easy, actually, you know, going through. I married young and then we started having children. Um, and had our fourth child when I was at the University of Missouri. And it was really a balance. And for me, it was putting, you know, family first. And there, there would be nights, for us, honestly, where I would I would put the children to bed. And then sometimes I'd put my wife to bed. And then I would stay up and I, and I would study because I really wanted to make sure that those young years that I really invested a lot of my my time with those because I, I realized how critical those those relationships are, especially when they're young. Yeah, absolutely. Good advice. So keep the family close, even though it's you're going to be tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Tired night, long nights for sure. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, I'm so excited to dive into our conversation today. Really, kind of centered around, you know, there's so many degrees within even just the College of of Education and Human Services, and how do we turn that into careers? How do we take a degree, and and where can that lead us? So, I'd actually love to start by just having you talk to us a little bit about where did your interest for families and relationships? I mean, where did this all kind of stem from? Yeah, a great question. And many students, uh, especially in human development family studies, they they come, they say, I, I want to help people. I want to help you. And I was no different. Um, I was raised in a great family in Payson, good old Payson, Utah. I have four older sisters and younger brothers, so a really strong family. And then I, I soon realized as I traveled a little bit, I thought, man, not, not all families are like the Shram fam. <laughs> And I really felt like I want to do my best to uh, really strengthen families and couples and relationships. And so that's really where it started was really as a foundation of my, my own family. And I thought I want to help people have that same type of uh, joy and happiness that I had in my own family um, growing up. So that's really where it started. 
I love that. Yes. And not everybody has the SRAM fam. I love that. <laughs> um, so I'm super curious, you know, stepping outside of yourself for, you know, two seconds here, you know, as a professor, as a researcher, like you have many hats that you wear here at USU and, and beyond. I'm curious, you know, what does the average day for you on the job look like, or does it change every day? You know what, mine is unlike probably most uh, researchers, most scholars, definitely those in our department. I, I'm maybe a little bit weird, uh, but it's a unique position. So I have an extension position where um, about 60% of my, my time is really devoted to extension activities. Extension meaning for listeners who are not sure what that is, they probably have heard of 4-H and that's one of the most well-known extension programs. But extension really is about taking the research and literally extending it out to uh, Utahns or out to those who, who we serve. So we take the research, we develop programs, and in my case, programs on happiness and positivity, on parenting, on couple relationships and strong families. Um, so each day, honestly, is a little bit different. Um, the, the days that I spend here are, are okay, but I, I love, I really look forward to getting out of, of the office and traveling the state and presenting workshops. And I do high school assemblies from Logan to St. George, and I go and I present at conferences. And I, so that's really um, kind of a highlight for me is getting out of actually the office. And so, yeah, there, there'll be days when I'm doing research, like I've got a big research day today, uh, working with students, but then I'm preparing for a presentation, developing programs, evaluation, traveling, doing trainings. Uh, so each day, which is, I love actually that part of my job, that it's not the same thing day in and day out. So for me, this job is a, it's a dream job. And, and I love actually talking with students who we're interested in say, I, I want to help people. I want to help families. And then I let them know a little bit about what I do. And their, their faces and their eyes light up. They said, I didn't even know this existed. I, I love this. How can I do what you do? So I, it is, I wouldn't say that there's a, um, a typical day, honestly, each day is a little bit different. And that's actually what I, what I love about it. I love that. And so Dave, not everybody is as lucky as you are to have found a job that you genuinely enjoy and even love. So maybe go back in time a little bit for us. Talk us through like your first job out of college and, and maybe compare that. I don't know. Just talk to us about kind of that first job and, and how that kind of led you to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great question. I was at Auburn University uh, getting my PhD, getting ready to graduate on the job market, looking around to say, okay, you know, where am I going to land? What am I, what am I going to do? And that's a stressful, I think a lot of students can be like, that's a really stressful time. It, it's, these, I call it kind of the, the decade of decisions between about 14 and 24, you're making these decisions that will set this trajectory for the rest of your life. So for me, as I, as I apply to different universities and programs, I found it, it comes down honestly to fit and probably others have said, you know, this is so important to find the right fit. So I, I actually landed a job at the University of Missouri um, in Columbia, Missouri, and I actually loved it. it. It's an extension position. So I had some extension, I had some research, I had some teaching, and I really enjoyed that. For nine years, I was at Mizzou and um, it was, I mean, the, the difficult days and all that juggling and starting out because one minute 
I'm, I'm doing a test and the other day, you know, the very next, I'm giving tests to students. So it was kind of this, this weird transition. And I think for all students is they transition into that first position, that first job and kind of getting a feel of, of what that is like. Everyone have a, a different experience uh, with that, but to really pay attention to how you feel, is, it, is this challenging me? Which I loved. I love that it was challenging. I love that I had some flexibility as well, that it wasn't this someone telling me what I had to do every day. Um, and some creativity. Right? So I was able to use my strengths. I think that's a big takeaway is I brought some strengths and I was able and enabled and actually encouraged to use my strengths uh, at that first job at the University of Missouri for, for nine years. Wow. So many good topics. As a career coach, we could talk about this for probably 500 years. Um, I will keep it short for today, but I love those insights. I love kind of this mention of fit. And we'll, we'll talk more about that um, later on in the conversation, but also this, this thought of using your strengths, knowing what your strengths are and being able to use them in the workplace is so key. So I really appreciate both of those insights. Uh, Dave, I'm going to turn the conversation a little bit and, and get a little bit personal for just a, a half a second here. Um, so given your research, given um, the, the things that you are doing on a daily basis, I'm really curious, are there any memorable experiences that you've had with, with a family member, maybe somewhat recently, um, that impacted you deeply? So just one of those moments where you're just kind of caught and you're like, oh my gosh, and, and it just kind of hits you. Um, and then maybe talk to us a little bit about some of the research that you've done that maybe helps us explain you know, why um, that interaction impacted you so deeply? Does that question make sense? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure it does. I, I love that question, actually. So it was just um, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I think the Shram fam was in uh, Disneyland, Disneyland of all yes. places. So Disneyland, I took the Shram fam, kind of a last, just the six of us, our last hurrah, let's go and really celebrate before our children. We have a freshman here at USU, um, another daughter who's 20. So they're kind of going in different directions. We said, let's, let's do this. But you know what we did? We planned... Uh, we flew out, my daughter's boyfriend, she didn't know this, to Disneyland. Aww. We went over here to a ride, and he was in the castle, and we're getting the pictures, the photographers there, everybody's in on it, except for our daughter. And she's doing these pictures, and lo and behold, oh my gosh, boyfriend John comes up to her, taps her on the shoulder, she turns around, and is just totally shocked, she actually backs away from the video, it's really funny, she backs away from him, pretty scared. And then he gets down on one knee, a crowd gathers. Oh my gosh. Right? This magical moment. Uh. In the <laughs> so the reason I say that is because I, I love studying um, newlyweds. I love that new new stage. I actually conducted one of the largest studies as a master's student here at USU, um, per, studies on newlyweds in the, in the history of, of the state. I studied over a thousand newlywed couples and I surveyed them because I know that the one minute, you know, it's this, oh, I love you. But then the next, it's, oh, I bug you. Type of <laughs> transition. It's like, what happens, you know, during that, that early stage? And so it's been interesting for me as a father, but also as a researcher, to kind of see this, um, you know, this love and this joy, all this, these moments, and then she gets engaged. And for me, as a day, it was one of these pivotal moments. Our oldest is getting engaged. I'm, I study this for a living. Yeah. Know the questions that they need to be asking. I know the obstacles that are soon to come. You know all this that's going to be happening with them. So I know the research side of it. I know the personal side of it. And when those collide, oh my goodness! Um, I had all these just mixed feelings and emotions. You know, excited, a little nervous because I know what's you know what marriage holds, and it can be hard. There could be hard uh, times through this, difficult experiences. 
and so um and we and we love him by the way he's he's a great young man uh, really good for her just a, a great young man so it was it was that it was that where it collided with the personal um with the professional and being able to see them grow and develop and help them through and, and Marissa, it's going to be hard for me i admit kind of this is this father-in-law right is this dad yes. And be like, oh, don't say that. Oh, wait a minute. Right? <laughs> I know the research behind that. <laughs> yeah, but I won't, tell, I won't tell you what you're doing out here or that or whatever it is. I'll try to keep Dr. Dave, you know, get, zip it up and just kind of watch that develop because it needs to, to develop. Um, but yeah, so th- that's, I guess. Uh, I love that. With a and what a fun, what a fun engagement idea. <laughs> you oh. win the prize there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so fun. It all worked out so great. Man, I love that. Okay. Well, I love that we're, we're kind of hinting on this research that you've been doing. And I'd actually love to dive into that a little bit more. Um, oftentimes, especially for you know freshmen, sophomore students, they hear all the time, you should get involved in research. And I think it's a big, it's a big topic that nobody tends to explain in, in great depth. So I'm really curious to have you walk us through what kinds of research have you done? I'm guessing there's been a, a significant amount of qualitative, but maybe also quantitative, maybe mixed methods. So talk us through some of the research that you've done um, and maybe what has been some of the most interesting. Yeah. Uh, great questions. Again, I, I I love talking about the research and about how I apply it um, with students. At first, I just lo- I love working with students. I love when students will just come and sit down and they'll they'll set up a time with me. Dr. Dave, go tell me a little bit about what you do and why you do it, your career path. And so I'm totally open to that. I love talking with and working with students through through questions about you know the different career paths and what they want to do. So mine is really centered, I would say, on um, parenting, on couple relationships, as I mentioned, starting out with this newlywed study about what is it that predicts you know happy newlywed couples, the first year of marriage. What is it that those who um, really succeed and those who falter. And so looking at some of the differences, some of the challenges in those relationships, um, it's kind of pivoted a little bit into, um, I looked at the uh, cost of divorce. And so early on, I looked at what divorce costs, first the United States, and then I was able to do some amazing presentations over in, actually presented yeah, in, in Beijing, China, on some of this research about what divorce costs. And then since then, I've done, what does divorce cost Utah, Texas, and what does what divorce cost the state of Texas? And then more recently, what are some personal costs? What does it cost, you know, an individual who goes through that, from legal fees, um, you know, to child's new schooling, um, all those types of little costs that they, they add up. So I've done some costs around um, divorce. Uh, I, that has also been related to some divorce um, programming that I've done some research on. So both in Missouri and here in Utah, I helped with the development of and the implementation of a divorce education course um, here in Utah, right when I arrived about five years ago. Um, Brian Higginbotham and I, another researcher here in our department, we have a contract with the state and we developed a program that all parents that they have to take, if they're going through a separation or divorce and they have children, they have to take this, this course. And so it's really a divorce education course. It's to help them go through this stressful time without putting the children in the middle. And so I've worked with um, graduate students. We have a couple of postdocs right now that we're working with several publications about what, what is helpful through this process. Because talk about um, a very difficult, very painful, very emotional process. And so we've looked at that, about what um, what is helpful through through the divorce education process with families. So those are some of the, the things that I've worked on. I've, I'm also working with some colleagues 
uh, actually a former graduate student at Mizzou. Now he's at University of Alberta. And we have some graduate students that are helping with this um, kind of a, a new divorce um, and a marriage model. A model meaning simply what, what is it that predicts positivity and happiness um, related to the um, kind of the, the struggles that, that individuals and couples experience? What is it that separates those who really thrive again and those who, who falter? So a lot of the stuff that I do is, is really related to happy, positive couple relationships. Sometimes the, 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 the more emotional side, you know, the, with the divorce and the cost of divorce of what separation divorce costs the, the United States. And then I'm doing a lot of evaluation research on programs, the divorce education program. We actually have a contract uh, with the Department of Workforce Services to do webinars and relationship assessments and online um, relationship classes. And we're assessing the effectiveness of those. And so those are a little... Um, a little smattering, kind of a little taste of some of the research projects that I'm doing right now. And, and again, I lo- love working with students uh, on the projects that they're interested in as well and, and seeing how they can tie into some of this, the things that I'm doing. Wow. So interesting, Dave. And I'm sure as, as some folks are listening, you're going to be getting a lot of emails. So prepare now for the emails. <laughs> again, love working with students. I'm happy to meet with anyone yeah, to talk about their, their interests. Fabulous. Okay. Well, I'd love to move into uh, and actually talk about um, your TEDx talk that you you did somewhat recently. I think 2020, if that's right. Um, and so in this, kind of the the theme of it is the secret sauce to a booming business. And you actually dive in and you talk about some similarities between families and and thriving business culture. I'm super curious and would love to have you share maybe kind of just an overview of of what that TED talk entails. And then also any advice that you have for students, maybe especially graduating students as they're nearing their college degree, they're starting to look for jobs. How how do you, you know, how do they find um, cultures that are going to help them thrive? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This, this project was, was so interesting and, and, and then how it's evolved and what it's turned into really, you know, I had no business uh, class background, right? Marissa, I'm a family scholar. But I found it very interesting that, um, for, first off, all of us have families, all of us, they're, they're born into this life. We all have three needs, the needs for safety, the need for satisfaction to do fun, enjoyable things, and the need for connection. So those are fundamental needs that we all have. So I started, it was actually interesting. I started driving up, you know, uh, I-15, and I'm looking at billboards. That's kind of how it started. I saw these, these billboards from banks and car dealers and, and furniture stores that, that said things like, welcome to the family, welcome home. And I thought, that's interesting. Why would, why would businesses kind of tap into this, this family idea, family concept? And so that's when I started digging a little bit more. And I actually studied um, Inc.com. They come up every year with the, the best places to work in the United States. And so I, I looked at their list and they had 346 that came out on top. And, and I wanted to know what, what is it about those you know, great places to work? And they each had um, 100 word summaries of, and they answer the question, why we think we're a great place to work. And so I studied all 346 summaries and looking for themes, you know, I learned about um, what they offered and, and I did this word analysis and the 15 words used most frequently aligned with the same three fundamental needs for human flourishing, right? They, with safety, they said things like benefits and care and environment and help and support. Um, with the need for satisfaction, they said things like fun and growth and happy and development, uh, perks even. And then with the need for connection, 
in this in these summaries they said words like team and and culture those dominated actually the descriptions um people values and then the ninth most frequently used word was family and th that's really what it hit me that the secret sauce to being a top workplace is meeting the three needs and treating employees like family and so it, it was this big realization that i thought wow this this is why this is why these businesses are flourishing. One of the reasons why is because they treat their employees like, like family. They're asking them about their, their day. They take them one-on-one -on -one right for lunch or playing ping pong or doing things with them just like parents would do. And so and I actually visited some of these, um, these top workplaces, the ones here in Utah, and I visited them and I paid attention. I looked for that, that feel. And it's interesting. So my, my tips for students is they're getting ready to go on the job market, is they're looking and interviewing. And right now it, it's a great, it's a great time because now it, it just feels like the job market, they can kind of pick and choose a little bit. So take their time. Um, and not be too quick to jump on a job, even if it's like salary and the great perks and things, but it's more of paying attention again to the fit. Um, be, how, how you feel? Does it does it feel like like family? Is there genuine care and concern? Can you see that? Maybe talk to some of the other employees there. If you know people who work there, ask them about how how they're treated. Ask them about. Um, some of the things that they offer, of course, you know, the, you know, the benefits and the salary, all that has to fit. But really, it comes down to that. Does this feel like like family? Does it feel like a place where I can grow, where they're, you know, where they reward my behavior? I can use my strengths, coming back to what we talked about before. All of this that you bring, does it feel like, yes, this will be a place where I can I can contribute and I'll be recognized for my contributions. I can grow and there's there's space for me. And wow, does it does it feel like like family? So so those are a few of the, the kind of a quick overview of the research that I did, looking at uh, what makes for great workplaces, and it really is the same three things that make for strong families and a safety, satisfaction, and connection. Fascinating. I I have to I'm gonna have to dig into this research even more. I think this is so so interesting. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing that. And Dave, I'm super sad and honestly I'm shocked that we're almost out of time. But I do want to close with one final question. And that question is: If you think back to maybe 18 year old Dave, uh, maybe just getting started with college or other things, um, what what kind of a career or even family advice would you give to Dave just about life? That's really good, um, Marissa. I, I think looking back, I had such a, a narrow vision of, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. At first, I wanted to be a marriage family therapist, actually, and then I changed. That's not uncommon for people to, to change. I didn't get accepted into the school that I really was planning on. My, my, here's my career path, and I didn't, but I got accepted then here at Utah State. I met people and found out about extension. And so things will tend to work out if we'll be, if we'll be patient, if we will keep an, an open mind about the different paths, be open for opportunities of, of exploration um, and not be so you know, centered on maybe this, this is the only path. If this doesn't happen, then I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I was very, um, it, I, I was driven, I was motivated, but for me, I could only see one direction. And it wasn't until I would kind of take a step back and see a bigger picture. But now looking back, honestly, I can see how, wow, I'm so grateful that this led to this and this opportunity. So being open to 
opportunities, be, being humble and willing to, to learn from anyone. I think you can learn from anyone. Honestly, the, some of the, the great things that I do, I contribute to honestly standing on the shoulders of giants, of, of mentors who treated me like a colleague. I had some great professors and teachers. So being open to learn and not get through school so fast, but stop and enjoy um, the little micro moments right, of learning and growing and paying attention. And then another one I, I would say, Marissa, is never failing to thank those who have taught you well. I learned that lesson early on, never fail to thank those who have taught you well. I've written letters of, of past people in my life that say, man, I'm so grateful for this moment, this experience, and for your mentoring, your love, your support for me. So yeah, look, looking back, those are some things that I would say to my, my young self is be humble, be grateful, be open to, the, to new opportunities um, and explorations because you, you just, you never know. Kind of, it's an exciting time of all kinds of possibilities. So, so be open to those uh, and never, never stop learning and growing. Oh, so many good nuggets. And one thing I especially love, um, you know, one of the biggest career myths that I think career coaches come across as, as they work with students is this idea that there is one right way to live their life. There's one right career. There's one right degree. And it's so interesting because um, as students become more open to the idea of multiple pathways of happiness, suddenly that pressure is removed and they're able to just be curious and explore what they're interested in without this um, pressure and, and fear of choosing wrong. And so I really appreciate you touching on that and also of gratitude as you do move throughout your career. I think all of those are, are such great insights. So I, I so appreciate you, Dave, coming on the show today, sharing some amazing insights. Like I said, uh, be prepared for lots of emails from students. <laughs> yes, yeah, always willing to help. I'm happy to help pass with what I've learned along to the next generation. That, that's what brings me joy. Thanks so much, Dave. We hope you loved this episode of the USU Career Studio podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends and family. 